0: The Tim Tam McFlurry is back at Macca's.
1: Now available with rich chocolate soft serve. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. This is Sports Day.
0: Passing around the wicket, Warner goes for one outside the off stump, and he carved it away through cover. A beautifully struck boundary. Warner edges through the cordon and down to the boundary for four. Oh, they
1: just pulled the third slip out, too. Bolster to who sweeps him in front of Square, out towards mid-wicket. No fielder there, Robbo. Jamal approaches from the Paddington, and he finds the edge of Warner, and it's put down at first slip. It was in and out. It's been such a problem
0: for them throughout the series. Kawaja uses his feet. He lashes out straight down the ground. A couple of bounces into the rope for four. So the quick in for the Paddington end. He bowls to Warner, who's jammed up. That ball edges and slews away through the court. And again, through third slip, down to the boundary
1: for four. Warner's living dangerously. He's 31. It's like it levitated over it, didn't it? He's Kawaja again carving. In front of point, out to the O'Reilly stand for four. Kalaz has been hard held this morning at times, but up to 30, he moves from his 73rd delivery. Australia, none for 69. That was hit me stuff, did they? Last. Caught it, slip. Yes. Yes, it is caught it, slip. Salman gets Warner again. With his second ball into the attack, Warner was squared up. And just when it looked like Warner was building into a little bit of rhythm, he pulls his glove off. And the crowd's deflated with Warner walking off. That's nasty. Oh. Labuschagne is back and cutting through cover this time.
0: He tuned that up with the previous and knocks it away to the boundary as a follow-up.
1: He's bowling round the wicket straight away to Kawaija, who pulls him, skies it, but gets plenty as well. Then it trickles into the rope. Kowaja pulling, and it's a shout for leg before and ends up with the keeper. And they want it. They want it upstairs. Things. I have a mark on hotspot. Yeah, on the bottom glove. Kowaja's in strife here. You can hear Joel Wilson. You to reverse the decision, you on screen. Signal now. Giving the instruction to Michael Goff and Pakistan, who bowled wow. with control after lunch. They've brought back Jamal and second over into the attack. He picks up Usman Kawaja for 47. Bowls here short. Smith takes it on, finds the gap, gets it out for four. Two men in the deep, but he bisects them. The deep back square Smith. Again, he must have known it was coming with the field set that way. The umpires have come to speak
0: to Shan Masood between overs. Don't take them off. They're going to take them off for light.
2: Yep. No. There's 20,000 plus people here. I'm booing as well. Listen to what the crowd in there? the background.
0: The floodlights are on.
2: That was this is two years in a row.
0: This happened on day one last year and it felt completely unacceptable. And it feels precisely the same way today.
3: Well said, Jared. Unbelievable what went down on day two of the third test at the SCG between Pakistan and the Aussies. The Aussies trail Pakistan by 197 runs with eight wickets remaining. David Warner was dismissed in perhaps his last test match innings for 34 after riding his lark. Usman Khwaja was a little bit lucky. He trickled one down leg side and he was out for 47 Lavashane is not out 23, joined by Steve Smith, not out six. But the story of the day is that at 2.23 local time on a Sydney summer day in a stadium with full lights, play was abandoned due to bad light. Uh, I mean, test match cricket continues to shoot itself in the foot. And then, surprise, surprise, in Sydney, the rest of the day was washed out as it seems to be. Every year at the SCG. Now, Barat Sunder is going to join us, part of the SEN cricket commentary team. He had a terrific chat with Josh Hazelwood this morning and questioned him on the Aussies' tactics to the tail yesterday. Uh, and there's a lot we need to speak to Barat about. But if you've got a thought, the Harcourt's open line, well, it's always open on 1300 736 736. 04339 out is the Timber text. And we are here for Kia. Epic has arrived. The all electric Kia EV9 and for Mackers. The Chicken Big Mac is back at Maccas. We would love your thoughts. We would love for you to join in the conversation. Big welcome into our South Australian audience as well. We've got a great prize to give away for you to the caller of the night. Thanks to Budget Car and Truck Rental Moving House. User team that's easy and affordable. Budget Car and Truck Rental. A double pass into the MTX Club, if you don't mind, to see the Strikers and the Scorchers on Friday night. Scorchers smashed the Strikers in Perth last night. If you stayed up for that... Hasn't been a great BBL season yet for our strikers. Hopefully they can turn it around and you'll be there to see it in the MTX Club on Friday night for the call of the evening. I've got some footy that I want to talk about. It's that time of year where Champion Data start releasing some of their information and they've gone through the depth of each of the 18 teams. Where does your club sit? Well, I'll tell you shortly. And there's an interesting article saying in The Age that I read today saying that football, that's soccer whichever way you want to refer to it, will overtake all ball sports as the predominant sporting code in this country very, very soon. I'll tell you who said that and the reasons behind that shortly. But let's get to our next guest, part of the SEN Cricket Commentary team. In fact, he's one of the better cricket commentators in the world and does it all across the world. His name is Brat and Brat, thanks so much for your time again on Sports Day. Oh thanks so much for having me on Ken and for your kind words always. No I know we I always appreciate your generosity with your time and and your comments doing a magnificent job but there wasn't a lot to comment on today. I I don't know <laughs> what, what what is going on. We we get so frustrated. We're at a summer's day on the SCG at 2:30 in the afternoon in a stadium with a full set of lights, state of the art. And we abandoned play due to bad light. And I guess the criticism has been there for all of us to see. Where do you sit on it, Brett?
2: No, look, and, and you're completely right. Uh, I heard your intro there, Ken. You speak about how test cricket doesn't help itself. And I think you'd have all these archaic rules in place. And it's it's designed to, you know, yes, I, I get the safety aspect of it for the players. Mm. It's a game of cricket, right? Yeah, I mean, the way it played out was at 2.23, the umpires walked up to the Pakistan captain and said, hey, look, if you do not bowl spinners from either end, it's a little too unsafe for the fast bowlers to bowl and we'll have to take uh, the players off. And he said, "Now nah, we're going to stick with the seamers and they go off or, or go off for bad light. But uh, like like you said, I mean, at a time when we are talking about test cricket, its survival, at least as we knew it, uh, with uh, teams who are not India, England, Australia playing test cricket or continuing to play that format, the only way it's going to survive is to keep the players on the field and get them to play in some form or the other, right? I mean, there's been Mm. suggestions about, say, using the pink ball. Mm. um, Okay, in these kind of situations, just, like, put it in a few overs with the pink ball while the light is on. Or or anything, anything to just make sure that, uh, like you said, 20,000, 30,000 people uh, who were at the SCG and the millions tuning in um, get their money's worth. And and this is where, you know, you, you can be a traditionalist and, like, blame everything, every e- evil or every ill in cricket as you knew it on the T20 leagues. But they are fan-friendly. What they do make sure is if you have paid money to come to the ground, they'll try their level best to get you a game of cricket, whether it's in the IPL, if it's rain, well, drag it, drag it out to 1.30 a.m. But it's yeah. very unlikely that you won't go without seeing a game of cricket.
3: And it came at a bad time, didn't it? Because, I mean, the, the debate it seems like the last week is really raging about the future of test cricket. And a lot of people and smart people have had their say. And I think the concerns are real and they're coming from pretty respected figures. Moses on reeks has spoken about it and the governing body, the boss of the cricket association boss has spoken about it. Todd Greenberg. And and it's real. Barat. So to have this today on the back of that debate and what South Africa have done with their tour, it's not great timing. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, not great timing at all. And yeah, the timing is everything, right, in life. And um, uh, yeah, but Nick Hockley said it's a, it's a, it's a wake up call, what happened with the South African squad announcement. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, it's not about the players, right? I mean, one thing with sport is, and you know this better than anyone, mm. um, if, if, till the time if you're the administrator or people in power who make these decisions, um, the players will eventually uh, get around to whatever is put in front of them uh, till the time it, it's like not unsafe uh, and it's not never going to be unsafe uh, in, in a game of cricket in that sense. So um, it, it's about them. Like you know, you have to move on. You have to shake off some bits of the tradition uh, that do exist in in our traditional format uh, because the whole time of maybe the spread of test cricket that time has come and gone. I don't think it's going to spread out anymore. It's about keeping what you have and preserving what you have. Um, mm. So any rule that you put in place, any law you bring in place, which allows for cricket to just continue, uh, when it rains, it rains, right? Like, and, and what happened today was once they went off, and, and like I always say, the one control the match officials have is while they're still on the field, they have a control over when you leave the field. But once you do that, what you do is you hand over the control of that to Mother Nature. And then we were just waiting for the light to get better or the rain to come. And it's Sydney, so the rain came before the light got better.
3: Yeah. And, then, and then you're forced to talk about all things other than cricket for, for four <laughs> hours, which is a disaster for the, for the commentators. But you're right. If, if it's up to the players, and even Ricky Ponting is team players today on on Channel 7, he's saying, no, no, this is the right rule. But of course he's going to say that because he wants to preserve his average and he wants the best conditions to make as many runs as he can. But to your point, it's not about the players. Uh, let's talk about some cricket because, I mean, it was a reasonably uneventful day. Warner was dropped, an absolute hmm. slitter in the slips again. He got himself 34 and perhaps what is going to be his last test match innings. Kawaja looked good until he was a little bit unlucky with his dismissal. But Pakistan were reasonably disciplined, keeping things tight.
2: Oh, very much so. And a lot of credit to Pakistan, just the way. uh, After Perth, we've seen so many visiting teams just kind of uh, completely get dispirited and uh, not even compete. But they competed in Melbourne. A few things had gone their way. Who knows, they could have made a match of it. They nearly did at 4-16 for when that catch went down. Uh, But, uh, you know, again, Amir Jamal showed us yesterday in that last-tricket partnership uh, that, uh, you know, they're here to fight. They're here to make an impact. And... Uh, you know, if the talk before the series came, was all about Babar Azam and Shaheen Shah Afridi and maybe a little bit of Muhammad Rizwan. But the mm. guys who really put their hand up are guys we had never heard of before, Amit, Jamal, Hamza, Agha Salman, who got rid of David Warner today. Uh, and, and you're right, the innings wasn't going anywhere. Pakistan scored well over four and over yesterday, they, were, they took a few risks, things went their way towards the end. Uh, But they suffocated Australia, and that led to the Usman Khawaja dismissal. And and David Warnham, yeah, I mean, he just didn't look at his fluent best, did he? Pulled pulled Mm. off two cover drives, but yeah, that catch, another catch going down at first slip from Pakistan. uh, And then eventually he gets out to a a pretty soft dismissal. That ball did, like, grip and turn a lot from the off spinner. Um, And and yeah, and especially in someone's retirement test, Uh, when they get out in the first innings, you're like, oh, should we get all emotional now or maybe hope that he gets another chance? And uh, in a way, the the way the match is placed, unless Australia really bat the house down tomorrow, I think he will get another chance. Who knows? Maybe in a dramatic run chase on day
3: five. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awkward whether the players line up and give him a guard of honour on the way out, but you can't do that. They did that when he, when he went out to bat, so uh, you don't need to double up. Hey, I listened to you and Adam with uh, Josh Hazelwood before the start of play today, and it, he was up and about and he was friendly. You, you quizzed him on the tactics of the, the fast bowlers last night, which the short stuff sort of worked a little bit, but then it didn't. Were you satisfied with his answers, and how do you think the Aussies would have reflected on those tactics?
2: No, I, it's, it's become a norm now, Cain, around the world. As soon as number seven and eight come, uh, but, you know, it's all about matchups and uh, analysis these days, right, across all formats. Uh, it, there is a lot of analysis in there uh, where teams just decide to go short. Uh, you know, the longest time, uh, that wasn't always the case. You always targeted the stumps, right? Uh, mm. And if you look at it, till that last wicket partnership, so if you go back to the last innings in Melbourne uh, and what they did yesterday, Australia had taken nine for 51 with that short ball. Against Pakistan's lower order, so it makes sense for them to continue, or at least it—you uh, know—you couldn't pull them up for that. But the one thing we've seen with the short ball ploy, even during the Ashes, is even both Australia and England and other teams as well, is once you stick to that, it seems to be very difficult to, to kind of pull it back. And uh, and you have in that situation with just one wicket to go, batters just take chances, and the short ball can travel, which is what we saw yesterday. And then the team just get the batting team just gets away. So, I mean, maybe you can criticize the execution to an extent, but Mm. it's just a norm that we've gotten used to. It's not always fun, (laughs) like we saw during the Ashes when both teams are just going uh, short and uh, expecting the batters to just uh, hold one up in the air or get out in that fashion. But um, it's not fun viewing always, but it's just become a thing, and unfortunately, you just have to get used to it.
3: Brad Sunderacen is with us, part of the SCN Cricket Commentary team. The Aussies, two for 116. They trail Pakistan by 197 runs, with eight wickets remaining after day two. It was initially suspended due to bad light, and then it was washed out. bit of talk today, gaining momentum about Steve Smith potentially replacing David Warner at the top of the order. So Shane Watson... Has said that he likes that, and then Glenn McGrath said on a, another network today that he has heard that Stephen Smith is open to it. What's your thoughts on Smith opening the batting?
2: Uh, well, uh, Pete Lawler brought this up on TV with me today, and I kind of dismissed him <laughs> because uh, I, I would be, I would personally be surprised. But like, look, Steve Smith uh, is at an inter- interesting stage in his career. Uh, you know, he's, he's still averaging he still averaged forty last year. Uh, but, you know, we've gotten so used to for three, four years after he came back from the one-year ban. For him averaging in the 60s or 70s annually, uh, that last year felt like his his numbers not only dipped, but he wasn't informed. But I don't think that was the case. Uh, but it, it could be an interesting challenge, something that mm. uh, he might want to take up at this stage of his career. Though it would surprise me, he's been such a middle-order great. And Usman Khawaja was asked that in the press conference today. Uh, and he said the same. I mean, why would you move the best number four ever in the history of the game and get them to open? Um, and also then what, what message does that send to um, you know, some of the other specialist openers around the country? It's one thing saying, look, we want Cameron Green on the side and push, putting him to open. But I don't know if, uh, if they go that Steve Smith route, whether it, uh, uh, it would make sense in that sense. But look, again, that's the beauty of it, right? That's what David Warner has done because he's such a special player. There is no like for like replacement available. So you just, it, they've left it open for um, all of us to have a say, whether you're in the media or not. And, you know, it's good, uh, you know, on days like these, it allows for these debates and topics to for, uh, or discussions to kind of flow. Um, and, and who knows, tomorrow we might be talking about Alex Carey. Yeah. So Stark no, man. Well, Travis Head. <laughs> so,
3: I was going to bring up Travis Head. He's opened in the short format. Uh, you know, he's yeah. not dissimilar to David Warner with how attacking he is. I, I'm not sure about his technique. Against the new ball, he seems mm. to get caught a lot, but no, he's the right age. I'd like to see Travis Head. Yeah, and I think that's been discussed in the past, but
2: with Travis Head, they seem to have a very horses for courses kind of um, view on where he bats. Uh, like we saw him open the innings in the last two test matches in India. He, he took Australia home in that famous test win in Indore uh, with his innings on day three. Uh, but I think just in England and in Australia, where they feel like his best output is at number five, where he can mm. break the game, as mm. he has so often in the last 18 months, I don't think they're very keen on moving him. Um, anywhere. Manus has made it very clear, he doesn't want to open. Mm. Mitchell Marsh has said he doesn't want to open. And Travis said, like I said, they're not keen on getting him to open. So which kind of leaves you with either Steve Smith uh, or bring Cameron Green in and make him open or you just bring a specialist opener in. I, Steve Smith is a great great uh, talking point for sure always uh, with what he does. Uh, But, hey, he's in there. What if he makes a double hundred at number four tomorrow? (laughs) We might not be talking about him opening then. Uh, But, no, I mean, long may it continue. We have two weeks before we find out who will will replace David Warner.
3: Yeah, well, uh, it's Steve Smith's due as well, so it wouldn't surprise me if he makes uh, a lot of runs uh, tomorrow. Now, before we let you go, you you would have caught up in all things world cricket. What what about 23 wickets falling (laughs) on the first day of the second test? against South Africa and India. Oh th- this is this is crazy stuff, Bharat. Can you make any sense of that?
2: <laughs> crazy stuff and how about Ravi Shastri's in. They made me oh. do Ravi Shastri this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but th- the funny thing is Ravi Shastri last night goes if you went around the corner to take it down. <laughs> and today uh Aga Salman uh, was off the field when that catch went down, he asked he was asking the press conference about, you know, him not being on the field when the catch went down and he said I went on a fee break like a lot of toilet talk in the last <laughs> yeah. 12 hours or so in world cricket no yeah. crazy that series has been pretty crazy already right that first day south africa dominated whereas it was supposed to be india's final chance or uh, finally india going and winning a series in south africa that wasn't to be uh, but just crazy i mean india seemed to be in an okay position and about losing six wickets in 11 balls yeah. and and the thing is i think play is going to resume soon enough on day two the game could be over in a session, in the Mm. first session. It could be a four-session test match without Mm. any rain issues. So, um, yeah, (laughs) is it great for test cricket? I heard Harsha Bogle say it's not great for test cricket. Uh, I haven't seen the pitch. I haven't seen, I've just seen some some highlights and a lot of people who watched it say it wasn't really the pitch. It was just poor batting and okay bowling. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's really, and to know that, and to think that, like, if South Africa, I mean, the same South African bowlers who've taken six wickets of 11 balls will be playing P20 cricket the next time South Africa play Test. It's a bizarre world we are living in right now when it comes to cricket.
3: Yeah, never seen anything like it. It was the first time in Test cricket six wickets have fallen on the same score. South Africa complained about how fast the wicket was. I, I haven't heard much of that. It wasn't unevenness they were worried about. It was how fast the, the ball was coming on. But anyway, same for both teams. Brat, uh, we will tune in tomorrow from, I guess, about 9 30 and look forward to hopefully more action on day three. Appreciate your time.
2: Anytime, Ken. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the Sydney weather holds up and Jared and Pete don't get into another argument about it. Yeah,
3: I've been enjoying the byplay between uh, Pete defending <laughs> Sydney weather. He's doing a pretty good job against all odds to defend the weather up there. Uh, Barat's under ace, and I guess you'll hear him back with the rest of the crew Simon Kadich, Jared Waitley, Pete Lawler, uh, Adam Collins, Brad himself, and, and others. SEN doing a magnificent job covering the summer of cricket. If you're catching up on that score between South Africa and India, South Africa were dismissed for 55 in their first innings. Uh, Muhammad Saraj took six for 15 off nine overs. And then India were cruising before they lost six wickets for none in 11 balls. And former Indian captain and coach Ravi Shastri couldn't contain his anger and has said one of the great commentary lines uh, that we have heard. one 736 736 if you want to join in the program. In fact, I think we've got Barry who's in right with us. Baz, thanks for holding, mate. Appreciate your time and welcome to Sports Day.
2: No worries, Kane. Thanks for taking my call. Kane. I'd love to try to understand this. Uh, at midnight, they're happy to play with the lights on. Mm. But at 4 o'clock in the afternoon... They're not happy to play with some natural light and the light's on. I don't understand
3: that. No, it's I, it, I can't get my head around it, Barry. I was sitting there going, you, you, you're not going off. You, you can't be going off. I didn't even, like, you, of course you get the natural light on TV, so unless you're there, I get you can't fully judge the light. But everyone else who was there, Jared Whateley and the crew on Channel 7 and everyone commentating, I was listening a bit to Triple M, they're saying the same thing. We, we've got to... Uh, um, a stadium with a great set of lights, state of the art, and we can't play test cricket at 2.30 on a Sydney summer's day. It it blows my mind. And the fact that Ricky Ponting was defending this decision, I understand Ricky Ponting is a favourite of many, but he lost me today. Uh, He's saying that it's the right call to go off. In a time when test cricket has been um as heavily criticized as i have seen and the future of the whole of the game is in question we are leaving play on a pretty boring day like if you'd bought tickets to go to day two and that was the only day you were going the the jane mcgrath test um such a special occasion and you saw 40 overs and and 40 pretty rubbish boring overs and they're leaving due to bad light, and then it gets rained out, you'd be pretty flat. You'd want a refund, I reckon, Barry. So don't disagree with anything that you've said. And the game needs to toughen up. The batsmen need to toughen up. Barat was perfectly put it to say that take the decision out of the players' hands and make the game go on. And we see rules all the time that players don't agree with. AFL players don't want an interchange cap, but it's better for the game. AFL players don't necessarily want to play off five-day breaks, but we want Thursday night footy, so too bad. You have to stomach it and play off five-day breaks on a on a Thursday night. Um, so uh, I couldn't disagree with you. I couldn't agree more with you, Barry, and I think most people are on your side. Shane's in Brisbane. He's with us. What do you think, Shane? Okay. Hey, Shane. Yeah, it's Shane. Um,
2: the only interesting part about it was was that the Pakistan was given the opportunity... Two spin bowlers, the mm. red ball, but the white ball, but the white not as defective, so they had that opportunity to keep the play going, like what's happened in the past. So it's not sort of all the fault of the officials; they had the opportunity, and so not to continue with two spinners.
3: Yeah, under- it's, understand. It's what if, what if the? I mean, but the, the, the prospect of bowling two spinners and having, I don't know, Smith and, and Labashain get going and completely take the game away from you against those spinners in, in a session, I, I can't blame the Pakistan players for not wanting to do that. And, and that's to the point. Take the decision out of the players' hands. Of course, If you're going to speak to the, the batsmen, they're going to say, no, nah, get off. I want to protect my average on a bat in the best conditions possible. And the same for Pakistan. They, they, they're, 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 they'd love a draw. A draw would be magnificent. So don't give them the option. Of course, they're going to go off. So I'm not saying it's the fault of either of the two teams. I'm saying it's the fault of the governing bodies and the stupid rules that allow this to happen when you've got a stadium with brand spanking lights that you can see under. Like, use a pink ball. Do whatever you have to do. Don't give them the option to get off the ground. one 736 736 is the number. We'll get to Peter... On the other side of this, this is Sports Day and there's plenty on the program. We're going to talk some footy as well, some tennis with Brett Phillips after Alex Demonor. Didn't he shock the world with his upset win over Novak last night? We'll be back after this.